Welcome to the Unstunted Growth Podcast, the hub where potential transforms into reality. I'm your host, Dr. Jamil Ramsey, the black guy who codes, and this is the platform where we navigate the path of professional and personal development. We bring you topical live streams and video interviews with leaders and those who've broken through their own barriers, ready to inspire you to do the same. Here on the USG Podcast, we stay clear of unnecessary detours, focusing on actionable strategies, real-life experiences, and practical insights that aim to unlock your fullest potential to set you on the path of achievement. We don't just discuss overcoming roadblocks and rising above obstacles. We recognize them as crucial milestones on the journey towards becoming the best version of ourselves. So grab your headphones, get comfortable, and prepare to challenge old beliefs and foster innovative thoughts. Let's dive into another episode of the Unstunted Growth Podcast, where your potential knows no bounds. Welcome to the show. So today's topic is going to be on emotional payoffs, how smart people make dumb decisions and stay stunted. All right. So recently I was a guest on the Dr. Kiki Ramsey podcast. Shout out to my wife, Dr. Kiki Ramsey. If you are not currently subscribed or subscribed or checking out her podcast, go ahead and look for her on YouTube or on all of the major podcast streaming platforms. So our discussion was on a failure to launch, you know, why people get stuck, how we get in these ruts of not being able to make it to the next level and most of the things we want to do. So I touched upon the topic of struggle versus sacrifice and our decision making on how we deal with the tough moments in our life. And what came up was, you know, we struggle, we know what we need to do, but why is it we just can't get out of our own ways and do the things that we need to do? So, I, you know, I had a couple of days to really think about it. And one of the things that struck me was a concept that my wife and I talked about a lot over the years, and that's settling for emotional payoffs. So a lot of people may ask, like, what is an emotional payoff? And and I guess the shortest answer for me is is that an emotional payoff is just an emotional justification or validation that allows you to continue a set of behaviors that are in opposition of some goal or aspiration that you have. I used to use this example a lot. Like if you are an aspiring entrepreneur and, you know, you have all these great business ideas and you just can't seem to just get from the idea stage to actually implementing. You may have found that everyone you talk to just say how great your ideas are and you're going to be successful. That is definitely something that's going to succeed. I just love that idea. And, you know, you're listening to this praise and validation and smiling like, yeah, I love it too. You love it so much that that praise, that emotional payoff is enough for you that You don't actually have to start this business. You don't really have to take steps forward because people validating you as a entrepreneurial genius, even though you haven't actually done any work is enough. Actually, starting a business is very risky and very um, emotionally draining and the chances for failure are high. So in a lot of ways, that emotional payoff is quicker it's better and it's safer than actually going out there and trying to make a business work. So that's what an emotional payoff is. You settle for that emotional payoff, that emotional validation that this X thing is a great thing and people can see the value in it. But moving from 
being satisfied with that emotional validation and saying, I want to be successful doing this thing. And that's where people get stuck in the cycle of struggle and sacrifice. All right. So the question is, why is an emotional payoff so dangerous? I mean, you may say, what's wrong with getting praise and validation for your ideas, you know, getting this emotional support? It Doesn't that allow you to, you know, have the motivation to go and take the next steps? And this is where it becomes very dangerous because it absolutely does not give you the motivation to go forward and make these next steps. What it does is the payoff gives you the illusion that you're actually making progress when you're not. So in the situation of the entrepreneur who's getting all this validation from their, their peer group about how much of a genius they are and how this idea has no chance of failure because it's just so great. You feel like you accomplished something. You feel like if all these people can look at my idea and say it's good, then I must have already accomplished something. But for a business, if you can't get to implementation, it doesn't really exist. It's all in your mind. And that's how we can stay stuck. If all of your ambitions and all your goals for transformation stays in your mind and never actually make it into real life, you will never ever make any progress. So one of the recommendations I make to people when they have a big goal is not to talk to people about the idea. Talk to them about the implementation. Talk to them about the resources that it would take for you to go from an idea to an actual implementation. That is a conversation that can actually lead from emotional validation to concrete steps on to getting your your goal accomplished. When we're talking about emotional payoffs, in what areas in our life does emotional payoffs show up a lot? It's they are particularly strong in the areas in which we really place our personal identity. In the clothes we buy, the cars we drive, even the houses we buy in the neighborhoods we live in. We tend to make those decisions from a highly emotional lens. And emotional payoffs become very dangerous in those areas. Housing in particular. I would say that emotional payoffs are the number one reason Black professionals can't transition from being high earners to independently wealthy. And I can give you an example of, um, let's look at home ownership. Let's say you are a, I don't know, you're a, you're a 29, 30-something-ish professional. You did all the right things in life. You graduated from high school with honors. You went to college, did really well, did your internships, got a great career coming out of college. And, you know, you've working in, working a few years. You got to grind in. You made some small advancements on your career. You now, maybe you're not a junior anymore, junior professional anymore. You're, you're in the early, mid-level career stage. Making decent money. Here's where emotional payoff rears its ugly head for us. It may have come a little bit earlier, but for the purposes of this conversation, it's more important at this stage that we understand emotional payoff. Hey, I did all the right things. I went, I did good in high school, kept my nose clean, went to college, kept my nose clean. Now... I'm working for a few years. I'm making some money. You know, things is good. I did everything right. You know what? I think I 
deserve a few things for all the things that I've done right. Now, now that I feel like I deserve things, now we move ourselves into the realm of emotional payoffs. Yeah, I've been riding around in this car. It's a beater. Now I can afford to go to my local luxury dealer because, hey, I'm a young professional. I'm doing well. I'm going to do nothing but make more money in the future. Now it's time for my car to reflect my lifestyle. All right. I'm a professional. My suit game not looking that great. I need to go and start looking for some suits. But I can't go to discount suit shops anymore. No, 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 no. I'm a big time professional. I make money. Now I need designer suits. Okay, now I got designer suits. I can't let the rest of my wardrobe fall behind. I got to catch that up. I seen a nice Gucci belt that I want when I was at the mall looking for suits. Okay, I can't roll up to this apartment in a nice whip, in a nice suit, in nice shoes. It's time to upgrade the car, upgrade the house, upgrade everything. Because you know what? I worked for a long time. I did all the right things, and now I deserve it. You are actively looking for an emotional payoff for some some sign of success. And I know a lot of y'all may be thinking, Dr. Ramsey, what's wrong with that? That's normal. You work, you advance, you make money, you spend money. In some instances, yes, but there are some things that are really wrong with that, and mostly it comes down to What were your goals for doing all of that? Goals and intentions. When we started our educational journey, one of the the main reasons, and this is specifically targeted to um, to my community, the Black community, is that education was the path to elevating your family and generating, quote unquote, generational wealth. So the stated goal of us really becoming successful to the core was to elevate our family and elevate future generations. Now I'm going to have a, another video later talking about the, the myth of the generational wealth in the black community. But for this conversation today, I'm going to just state, say the goal is generational wealth and the goal is to grow and elevate the family. But if you looked at the illustration of our young professional, the goal turned from acquiring wealth and elevating a family to becoming a success and being able to show up the trappings of that success, the house, the car, the money, and having, having people being able to recognize you as successful. That recognition, that validation is the emotional payoff. And it comes in direct contradiction of wealth generation and wealth preservation. Because what inevitably happens is that that young professional has got themselves on a treadmill that they're going to continue for the rest of their life as far as continuing to let their lifestyle creep. And every time they get, you know, uh, an elevated level in their career, they need to also elevate the indications of wealth in their life to try to try to match that. Now, if your goal was the acquisition and retention of wealth, 
then one of your goals would, would have been to not to make your outside appearance match what the um, societal trappings of success look like because that doesn't actually lead to wealth generation. You actually practice habits of restraint, moderation. You know, you'll gain more validation by seeing your bank account grow, which other people can't validate for you. You will have validation of being able to own property that has equity. I mentioned earlier that home ownership is one of the biggest reasons why you know we can't acquire wealth because of a few myths. We actively believe that home ownership is the easiest and first path to wealth, which it used to be true because we used to own our homes. Now, for most people, and that's the most, even most high-earning professionals in our community, we own our house, but we own it with a mortgage. So ultimately, if you own a million-dollar house and you have a $900,000 mortgage on it, then you only have $100,000 in equity. And that's not, so your net worth isn't a million dollars. So ultimately, we end up getting into these situations where we're buying these properties, we're putting 5% down, we're trying to get these rates that can make us barely stretch into being able to afford the payment to live in that house. So our so that we can say, not only do we own a home, which was one, one goal on our checklist, but we own a home in a great neighborhood. But neither of those situations are leading to wealth because we're not generating any wealth. The bank owns those homes. We own the mortgage. And if we're lucky enough, we can get some equity on the home. But how many times do young professionals end up having to refi and dip into that equity in order to fund their lifestyle? Ultimately, that home does not become an asset, but it's say it's your largest liability. And it doesn't lead to wealth and even an equity in a house you can't unlock it without getting another mortgage or selling. And then it only, only ends up being a percentage of that equity. So... The idea of home ownership into generational wealth is a myth if we do it with mortgages and our balances never decrease. Okay, so I don't want any of y'all to jump off the ship at this point. I am pro-home ownership. But we have to remove the whole component of our um, emotional payout out of a home. And we really have to look at it as an investment and we have to treat it as an investment. So... If you are going to make an investment, you want to leverage it so that it actually gives you the return you want later. So I would, you know, this is just my personal opinion and everyone's free to do it differently. But if you are going to buy a, a purchase a home, you need to keep the total out the door payment to 30% or less of your monthly income. Now, for a lot of people, that's like, hey, I may make good money, but I don't make that good money. That payment barely gets me into anywhere that, you know, is going to be good for me to live. That's going to match my lifestyle. That's going to, to do X, Y, Z from an emotional payoff point of view. But the real question is, is what's the goal? 
If your goal is just to be in a nice neighborhood, rent. If you can't afford to buy in that neighborhood, because buying in that neighborhood that you can't afford to buy in is just going to be a drag on you financially. So um, my opinion is you go into a home, 20% down payment. No, no um, exceptions on that. Because if you're not starting with a 20, you know, 20% equity in your home, not only are you already down, but you're going to end up paying PMI on, your, on that mortgage, which is another drag on your monthly expenses. So outside of that 20% down, I don't believe anyone under 30 years old should be getting a 30-year mortgage. After 30 you need be needed to be getting a 15 year mortgage. I know that that might be a contra, you know, controversial statement for a lot of people. But if you're 30 year, you know, 30 years old, you get a 30 year mortgage. You know that that mortgage doesn't mature until you're 60 years old, and that's assuming you don't have any other transformational events on that mortgage like a refi, HELOC, anything like that. So you're getting very close to retirement and you're still worrying about a, a house payment. And let alone if you're in your 40s or your 50s, you should not be even thinking about a 30-year mortgage in the in the least. And I know there'll be some people who want to have a conversation about me like Dr. Ramsey. I'm a boss. I understand money. I understand the opportunity to cost the money. Why should I put all this money down on a mortgage where I can be using that money other places? I'm going to talk to the person who asked that question. Does that mentality, those, those, those practices show up every day in every aspect of your life today? If it does, then you have every, every exception and every bit of my blessing to say, hey, go do your thing. But if you struggle to keep up with these kind of financial commitments and financial disciplines, then my assertion stands. It's going to put you in a much better position if you can put 20% down and stay to 15-year mortgages if you're over the age of 30. Now, it always comes back down to, well, then what kind of house can I buy? And that is a purely emotional payoff conversation when the real question is, what kind of house can I afford? That's a power statement and a power question and it puts you into control of your financial life and it gives you agency. The other direction of I have to do all these things in order to get the, into the house that I want that makes me feel good. You're completely being controlled by your emotions and that's why we can't acquire any wealth. More money down. You can get a payment that's reasonable. And you have equity. So now you don't have tons of DTI on your credit report. So now that actually gives you more maneuverability to make additional moves financially in the future. But that's a, that's a different conversation. The housing conversation is that, is that we can't have what could be our, the cornerstone of our financial foundation be our biggest liability. And it can't be because... I need it to be somewhere 
in some neighborhood at some price level. And I did anything I could to get into the door. And now that I'm here, I'm struggling to stay here. I can't save any money. I can't pay my bills. And ultimately, I may be in the danger of foreclosure. And that's how many professionals get stuck. You don't want to lose this house. You don't want to go to a different neighborhood. You don't want to change your kid's school. You put yourself in a tough, tough position. So this this sum is for all of my early stage career people. Try as you can to, to break this cycle of only being moved by the validation from third parties. So I mean, that comes down to my biggest point is understanding where in your life that you've been taken over by emotional payoffs. See if you can make a list and write them down. What are your motivations for the car you drive, the clothes you wear, the house you drive, the house you live in, what neighborhood you are, what clubs you attend, what friends that you hang out with? What is the payoff you get for the interactions in all those areas in your life? And ask yourself, does this payoff helps me long-term? Does it have any tangible benefits or does it just make me feel good? If we can get a list and understand what our emotional payoffs are, we can start making some strategic steps to saying, hey, yeah, maybe this emotional payoff is not going to get me where I want. What does it look like to, to, to set some strategic goals? How can I break this cycle of allowing emotional payoffs to override my logic? to make me make decisions that aren't in my best interest for the long term, but can make me feel good. I know this has been a lot, but, you know, it's, it's a real conversation. The emotional payoff cycle will keep us stunted and broke and unhappy for the rest of our lives. And if we can really understand this emotional motivation and really take some steps to saying, hey, I'm not satisfied with this emotional payoff. I want a real payoff. I want the ability to move in my life in any way I want. And I can't do that if I stay stuck to my emotions. Thank you for listening to the Unstunted Growth Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Jamil Ramsey, the Black Guy Who Code, signing off. If you're interested in more information about Unstunted Growth and the Unstunted Growth Movement, you can reach us at www.unstuntedgrowth.com. Thank you.